Hey. <laughs> What's up, dude? Hey, hey, every hey, all of the people. Welcome to another glorious episode of Jeff has cool friends. I'm Jeff, and I have a very cool friend. You may have heard his voice drop a little bit. Uh, he is one of my favorite people in the world, one of my fastest friends. The day I met him, we became besties. Um, <laughs> amazing artist, printer, and just all around best dude on the planet, Peter Santa Maria. Peter, how you doing? Great, man. So happy to be here with you. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I, I'm very excited. I could vamp more next time you're going to take a drink. Don't worry. I'm a pro. It's, it's really, all good. No, no, no. You feel free to vamp next time as I'm sort of choking a little bit. <laughs> Great, man. So good to be here with you. Go, go, go. Yep. And uh just keeps getting better the longer I'm here. Go, 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 go. I, I always like to open my podcasts by almost dying. Exactly. I'm just like, hold it makes it mean <laughs> more. It makes it more meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. People, that's what people like to hear is bodily, bodily uh problems on High stakes. They're like, what is this guy? Is this a nerd? podcast perfect <laughs> let's just uh let's just cough entirely on there uh pete we uh we met at sideshow back when i was working with them um yeah. they they we were um doing the spider-man print mm -hmm. yep we did yeah, a, we i was a spider-man linoleum block print that we had released it was the first time i was working uh in a licensed capacity with marvel through sideshow and it was such an awesome experience because it, it gave me instant credibility you know, in the industry, but it also was a blast to get to go to Sideshow HQ, tour the whole campus, which if you ever get the opportunity, you just got to go, anybody uh, listening. And you guys treated me like absolute rock stars. So I'm forever grateful, bro. Well, we love you and yeah. we loved having you on. So that's great. And uh, and you and I, as we were going through and the cameras cut, we were just both like, awesome, dude. And, and we, yeah, yeah, we, we had fun. And and so every time you were back in LA, we would meet up and hang out and stuff like that. And it's been it's been a while. Uh, I haven't talked to you in a little bit. I saw we bumped into each other for like three minutes at Comic Con. Exactly, that's what I was gonna say. That's the bummer when we have so yeah. much to do that you're like, ah, all right, well, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like people always talk about conventions being like uh, summer camp when you get to see certain buds that you only see there, and then. It's, it's so much going on. Yeah, you can almost only high five people, but that's always a good sign. I think that funny enough, I'm I'm no noticing that if someone has time to just hang out the whole con at your booth or where you're at there, they don't have something going on, which is, you know, unfortunate. Yeah, I worked a I worked a booth that that weekend, which I worked the yeah. Twitterhead booth and I was right. like, they gave us a room and I, I love Twitterhead and I love yeah, all the yeah. people there and everything. But like the big selling point, because norm I wouldn't normally work a booth. Mm -hmm. at a con at this point in time too old and too tired but they were like we'll get we'll cover your room and so i was like yeah that's that's a great idea let's yeah it. yeah and, and it, it was it was a beautiful booth great stuff so it, oh, yeah, you look cool being there we teamed up with olivia we shared our booth with olivia like that's yeah. olivia debard on his former guest of the other show um you were on the other show you were on 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 the sideshow podcast but that mm -hmm. was what, two years ago at least that was 2019 i think yeah yeah and so it's about time yeah that we got to get you back on here because buddy you've had some stuff happen yeah man it's been nuts it's been you nuts. i think it was was it right after we recorded you'd signed an, an exclusive contract with skybound yeah right like oh now i'm remembering exactly what you're talking about yes it was the sideshow podcast the audio one that we recorded it was in early 2020 so yeah right around that time i had just signed uh, a deal with skybound where they became my home base and uh, my representation on uh, everything that, you know, in, in my in my career, they, they kind of did. They kind of became everything to me. They, they were like my agents. 
They were my logistics team, you know, and they just pushed me 24 seven. And, and, you know, it's an amazing company Skybound. When you think about the uh, pedigree there, it's, it's Robert Kirkman's baby along with yeah. Dave Alpert, the CEO. And uh, you know, it's the home of the walking dead and invincible so yeah, and you beat so, me to that that portion of me explaining it to the oh, people that are listening, which is yeah, yeah. yeah. So Skybound is a is sort of a division that is sort of under the image umbrella, kind of. Well, so the publishing, so when it comes to books and comics, Skybound Comics is an imprint at Image. Yeah, and then Skybound Entertainment is a separate thing, uh, owned by you know Robert, Robert too. Kirk. But it's where it's where you know it's it's a company that kind of formed around like oh i i think we should merchandise the walking dead and they had the rights to do it so they built a company to start the merchandise for the walking dead and then everything else built around that so uh walking dead toys and t-shirts and props and all that kind of stuff came from uh skybound entertainment and then now you know skybound uh does the the deal for the Invincible show. They did Robert's show Outcast on Showtime, and uh, they're producing a film right now called Renfield with Nicolas Cage and uh, Nicholas Holt. So it's like a it's a company that's got the oh, and not to mention their video games division is insane and uh, <laughs> just won a huge award for Before Your Eyes, uh, a BAFTA award, which is like one of the like the best awards you can get for as a video game. So they they really have their hands in everything, and they are just like turning into one of those companies that's they got something cooking in every in every aspect it's interesting because and this is i i need to explain this because when you first told me that yeah. you had that first off i was stoked i don't know if you Thank remember you. the yeah. conversation yeah, yeah, we had where i was like oh my god that's incredible the thing that i didn't say that i now feel comfortable addressing because at the time you were really well known as linograph or linograph. yeah, yeah little cut artist yeah yeah artist and my immediate reaction was like, that's amazing. Why? Yeah. And I didn't get it. And now to see what you guys have done in the past two years, which we're going to talk about. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. Like, like, yeah, they had a vision early on that this could be a brand attack Peter in the same way that you would consider shag a brand or Paul Frank. If you remember Paul Frank, a brand, um, Lisa so Frank. Well, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So like a design, like an, an aesthetic writ large across different products and, you know, experiences, et cetera. And, you know, fortunately, we had the time to, you know, still make great uh, block prints, which was the core of everything. Yeah. Uh, they gave me the freedom and the time and the the tools to develop the YouTube show to be able to promote everything we were doing and, and invite our friends on to talk. And, you know, and, and then little by little, we were just kind of figuring out what it was along the way. We released our my first ever uh, vinyl figure, the Daruma which was a beautiful collaboration with Mighty Jacks and and, and that's like piece. a it's like a it looks to me like a big floating head. Yeah, so a Daruma if you've if some people might be familiar but for those that aren't you've probably seen it and not known what it is. They're these little paper mache uh heads that you might see like in sushi restaurants or if you go to a Japanese museum or an art gallery um people get them tattooed but traditionally it's a paper mache doll of of the physical embodiment of dharma body dharma so um it basically from lost. yeah 
<laughs> not exactly, but yes. So, um, yeah. So if you, if you Google one, you'll see they're like little red, uh, orbs with little faces in them. And the idea is when you buy them, they come with two blank eyes and you, and you buy them as like a way to, to commit a, a goal for yourself. Like, you know what? I am going to, you know, lose a lot of weight or I'm going to save a lot of money or I'm going to buy a house this year, or I'm just going to, you know, uh, get the job, whatever it is, right? The way we do New Year's resolutions, you mm -hmm. get one of these darumas. They come with two blank eyes. You fill in the first pupil when you commit that goal to yourself and you put it like on your mantle or somewhere visible so that you always see it, instant accountability. But also if any of your friends or family come by and they're, they're aware of the daruma, they'll ask you, oh, what are you trying to achieve? And that kind of gives you some accountability as well. Cause once it's out there, it's more embarrassing if you don't achieve it than if you just keep the goal inside. Yeah. So when you're done with it, when you finish it, you paint in the second eye and because it's paper mache, there's a ceremony where they burn them all every year like a big, um, beautiful, you know, light these up as a, you know. Is this, in, is this generally in Japan? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, like, when you go to Japan, there's like uh, certain cities where they just buy it. They have them everywhere, all sizes, you know. And for me, it was important to launch my first figure as a, a being a Daruma because it was my lifelong goal to design a 3D, you know, designer figure, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I just thought that the Daruma represented that. And we made one that has one eye permanently filled in and one eye permanently blank to kind of represent the idea of not one specific goal you're trying to achieve, but becoming a person who is always questing after the next goal. So that's the idea behind this particular Daruma. So you guys can check it out online. If you just Google attack Peter Daruma, it'll pop up. Hell yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, uh, cause you're a bit of a weeb, huh? What is weeb? You're like a big, uh, a, a a big fan of the the Japanese world. Oh man, absolutely. You know, um, I it's funny. I, I was never an a big manga or anime anime guy. I loved Akira, of course, like anybody else, and Evangelion. But my love always came from the other angle of like tokusatsu films, so Godzilla and Gamera, Ultraman, and uh, those kind of things were my favorite. And so coming um back as an artist as a as a printmaker you know printmaking as a medium has its uh roots in japan not the exact same way i do it but technically it does and so when i was starting to make uh block prints for conventions i noticed that people at least you know americans in in our in miami and florida they were more apt to pick something up that had japanese text on it than if it didn't so i started just like incorpororating like a nice japanese. little life hack for selling art yeah, well, it, it worked. And it also, I like how it looked. Like, I always think about Blade Runner, you know, how yeah. it's like a the, the, a futuristic city, but it has so much of the uh, of Japanese and yeah. uh, text in there. And so, uh, or is it Chinese? I forget in that I, situation. I don't remember, but I remember that you're, because you have a Batman print. Yeah. I, I absolutely love. I, it's uh -huh. one of my favorite things. And it has that lettering in front of it. Yeah. So that was influenced by the Bat Manga series. So there's mm -hmm. a, a Japanese Batman manga that, you know, I, I and, and it's and it's like just a cool mashup of Western pop culture and Japanese typography and um, design sensibilities and over. And, and, you know, another thing I incorporated a lot of was American traditional tattoo aesthetics. So over time, incorporating those three different you know, big design aesthetics, a new kind of style emerged mm. in the same way. Like if you're making a smoothie for breakfast and you put strawberries, bananas and milk and protein, two different people might mix the ingre same ingredients a different way and get a different result. Yeah. These ingredients mixed together made the results that I got out of it. the, the, 
energy that I got when I first saw that stuff is it almost seemed like it had a Polynesian vibe. 100%. And that was a big, big uh, influence as well. In fact, Thailand specifically, I remember going to, I visited Thailand in 2015 and it was like a Saul Paul moment, if you know your biblical history. And uh, so um, I, I go to, I'm on my way to Thailand, excited, you know, as anybody would be to travel around the world. Got lost your I horse. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and I did not expect to be blown as blown away by the art and the integration of the art with the history into everyday culture. Mm -hmm. And it was totally different, even from anything you've seen, you know, out of Japan and, and China and, and the Eastern countries and cultures, it had its own kind of feel. And those mat the, the, the ball, the, the art from Thailand, Bali, uh, all that stuff together, you know, it, uh, the stuff in Vietnam, we were in Cambodia. It, it, it just put me on a separate path that, um, yeah, I think it, I think it had me stand apart from people who were just influenced perhaps by Japanese artwork. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you mentioned to me that always stuck with me is that you special order a very specific type of paper yes a paper that has its own imperfections that no yep. piece is the same it's not right. like a stint you don't get it at staples it's it's no. a hand woven it's, it's like yeah. a bamboo or something like it, that paper? it's called lokta l-o-k-t-a and uh it's a handmade paper um that i import from nepal so it's nepalese and uh yeah it's not a rectangle it's every paper is slight every sheet is slightly oblong and different in the in its attempt to be a rectangle but you're going to have these it's got torn handmade edges you're going to find bits of like the the raw elements that were used like bits of leaves and and particles from the foliage every once in a while you can pick a nice spider or beetle out of the paper press so uh it's a real one of one in in the sense that it's a handmade item from paper to press I have um, your creature from the Black Lagoon yes. uh, piece that you had, you did. And when I got it framed, they asked me if I wanted to put um, a matting Mat around yeah. it. And I, uh, I was like, well, no, because, and, and so when they printed it, they made it so that the edges were very visible. Yeah. Um, and it really does make the piece pop. Yeah. It's, 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 it's definitely unique. an unusual item at, um especially in, in in a sea of amazing look talking about sideshow for example you just got to go to sideshow's website to see amazing 2d art prints available right oh yeah they do good but, stuff but yeah just beautiful stuff from the best artists but in a sea of incredible artists and incredible artwork i was always thinking how do i stand out and it wasn't enough to just do a different medium it wasn't enough to just have different influences but the actual tactile quality of the art item was important to me because I was going to meet so many people for the first time at conventions in person and having them come up to the paper and touch it and know that they're getting something unlike they're going to get anywhere else was very important to me. You know? Yeah. The um, it's funny too, because you, uh, as you progressed forward too, you, you ended up working with Mondo and Yeah, you hit Mondo and there were three artists that were working on the Toho pieces mm -hmm. from Mondo and one was you and one was friend of the show and friend of mine forever, Tom Whalen. I love him. Uh, yeah, we both share a mutual love of Tom Whalen. And I love his artwork, but probably even more than his artwork. And I have it framed up in the studio here. Like, I don't have that many people's artwork framed up. But same. more than that, he's just an amazing human being. And I love and he's one of the people I call up and bounce ideas off of and 
uh, send him sketches and oh yeah, beautiful. I have his, some of his original Star Wars pieces from before he even blew up. Yeah, so um, I've loved uh, being juxtaposed with him because we do have uh, fairly opposite um, aesthetics. You know? You're both incredibly unique. Yes, and you you really stand out into to the point where I think that copycats are not uncommon. Right. Because of just how unique. When you think of artists like um, you guys, Chris Uminga is another example where somebody does so well with a specific style that that people start coming in and being like, well, I'm just going to yeah, do that. I mean, because it's funny, too. One of the things about Mondo, because you got in and you were doing prints and then oh, yeah, something that sure. I was very excited to see and something that I keep literally behind me. I did not place this. <laughs> behind my uh video thing is you ended up getting one of your godzilla prints was turned into a 3d uh vinyl, vinyl piece figure, yeah yeah that's just you know it's this crazy thing mondo has treated me like i don't know like another like i'm part of the team even though i'm not officially you know what i mean like mm -hmm. they've treated me like one of their own since the beginning and um, I couldn't be more grateful. In fact, I really had released, it was my Mondo, Skybound had already signed me, but the first re, uh, print release I ever did that put me into the next level of people's awareness was the first three Godzilla prints through Mondo. And it was like March of 2020. We were supposed to have a big show in Austin, Texas for all the Godzilla work. And it obviously got canceled, but um, it changed my life. Those uh, Mondo really, and, and them promoting my work and releasing it. And those prints did so well, you know, we did another round after that, three more. But after the first three sold out, I was on an Instagram live, kind of like uh, it was unbelievable to me that it worked so well that I was talking to people, thanking them. And then some of the guys from Mondo popped into the Instagram live. And, well, you know, I this will give you a little a hint of my uh, a personality here. I, I was telling people, I go, oh, look, there's Hector from Mondo. Uh, in the chat, tell them you want to see a Godzilla figure designed by me. And everybody's like, you got to make, like, everybody started like spamming it, you know, and he hit me up right after. It's like, dude, we'd love to do that. That's a great idea. <laughs> and it was, that was the inception of it. And ever since then, we had been talking about it and, and we ended up doing it. And I was, I got to be honest with you. Can we curse? I was on yeah, curse. Go yeah, for I was it. And say, we prefer was, it, as a matter of fact. I was, I was in the brick. I, this is my, my, my base of my base operation level is always in the brick every time we do something new because i always i'm not sure if the style and the approach is going to translate into every medium or if we're going to find something where it doesn't work as well one day but the godzilla figure i was in the brick because mondo stuff sells super well you know they have an uh you know a knack for curating and they were putting it in a, a series with the hanna-barbera godzilla figure it was a godzilla museum line the original 1954 sculpt and my Godzilla figure, which is very, very starkly different from the other two. It's black and white. It's It has like a carved surface to it. And they knocked it out of the park. It Stunning. looks like the print. It, when people have photographed it against a white background or a black background. And it looks 2D all of a sudden. It's like those uh, Batman black and white statues by Mignola that DC directed way back when. Wow, so good. It, it just, it's a weird thing that they were able to do super well. And... Um, I was just so nervous that it wasn't going to, it was going to be the one that didn't sell out, you know, potentially. Right. But it sold out in a week over 2000 units or 2000 units. And, uh, we are, you know, already talking about how to expand that line. So could not be more excited. Yeah. I, I pre-ordered on, on day one. 
yeah on that one too and i think you you can't even get them on ebay and if you do you're paying twice i think you yelled at me for paying for it you were like i would have hooked you up yeah you were like i want to hook you up i'm like nah man i want to i can do this like i appreciate you doing it yeah no i appreciate it look the truth is that's the funny thing about this business you start to meet so many people that in reality you probably could get things for free but there are certain people who i know would give me something for free and i would never even I wouldn't even tell anybody that I wanted the thing until I had already bought mine because th- the whole point is, yes, you need to support people who are doing things that are a little left of center, a little unusual. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you the only way to do it is to is to buy the thing and let the people who are taking the risks know that they should continue to take these risks because yeah. this is the stuff that you want to see. So I get yeah. that. I it's, get that. You know, it it kind of ties back to that sort of the comics era of the 90s mm-hmm. where if you were a Jim Lee copycat, then people are going to give you work because people mm-hmm. like that. But the people that were taking the risks and getting weird are the ones that did the long-term staying. Mm-hmm. When you look at like how many people are the Jim Lee copycats that didn't make it through, but you know, you look at your, you know, Mike Mignola's and yeah. Jay Lee's and these people that created their own style and pushed it forward. And they're the ones that are really, that, that really withstood the test of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, that's the something I've always been after is if I can't, you know, if I'm not going to be, well, it's more like I just, my favorite artists were the ones that you could spot a mile away and know it's them. Mm-hmm. And I felt like those artists contributed so much to my excitement as an art student. Cause eventually you're going to see the people who can render the best, who can be the most realistic. It's a skill. It's a hard skill to achieve and it's worthy of praise, but eventually anybody who applies themselves to it in a meaningful way can achieve it. What was always excite more exciting to me is who can like, who can pull something out of the f- air, dude, who can, and like put it down. You know, that's uh, that's what, to me what, what I always wanted to try and achieve. When you look at some of the biggest names too in yeah. comics, like whenever, and it's nothing against the guy because I think he's incredible and and he's earned every ounce of it. But like when somebody tells me that Alex Ross is their favorite comic book artist, I'm kind of like, oh, so you just want people to take photos. Because well, like it's to, so realistic. It, yes, I'm I, like, well, yeah, I, of course yeah. you like that. Like, well, I understand that, but I'll and I'll and look, I'm not like the I'm not the biggest diehard Alex Ross fan. I do love his work, and I and there's a certain things that he's done that I thought were so important because he came out in an era where Photoshop wasn't a thing yet, and I and think it was dying. Right, the medium was dying when he yes, really got. Yeah, and I think the important, the most important thing about Alex Ross is that his his medium right realistic oil painting watercolor all that airbrush that was common in the fine art world but it was the 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 idea to bring it into the pop culture comic book world that was important because no one else was really doing it so everybody thought it was lowbrow to do comics yeah. and he brought that in i yes. will add that he just just i think released uh, the fantastic four book where mm. he did pencils yeah flats and didn't paint and they use flat colors and everybody's like oh my god like this is incredible the other amazing thing about alex ross is that he eventually had his own models made to get light reference from but a lot of the stuff he did there was not it's not like he bought like a toy and traced it or it's not like he bought a statue and traced it like uh, you know he had to use his knowledge of anatomy and the figure and lighting and, and all that, and then combine it 
with his love of the, you know, classic yeah. comic book stuff to find that secret sauce. So, yeah, I get it. It's not at this point now. It doesn't feel as cutting edge as it did when it came out. No, but I all and and that's bound to happen. Like when you like what you talked about copycats, like eventually you get enough copycats that um they're not even just copycats anymore. They're actually like torchbearers in a way they're influenced by you some of them will be copycats and some of them will be influenced but right? yeah you look at those those oil painters that really can't because before because i i look at it like yes. alex ross right before alex ross you had maybe um text yeah. to share yeah, frazetta uh and i mean frazetta but yeah but frazetta wasn't doing like sequentials yeah yeah you yeah. know like he wasn't Correct. doing comic books really right, right, he right. was doing fantasy covers yeah, and magazine yeah. covers and obviously he's he's the jack kirby of painting Yes. Like like everybody now finds yeah. that influence through Frazetta. And then when you look at sort of like you have Alex Ross and I, I do consider him to be that that point. And then from there, you get your Gabriel Del Otto's, your exactly. Yankees and Esau Ribic, Ariel Olivares, et cetera. Yes. These yeah. guys that are that are doing oils um, and, and really pushing them forward. I think I would even add Adi Granov. Yeah. Um, as an example of that as well, where yeah. where you're seeing that the the soft paints that are coming in and, and instead of like the sharp lines that go through um and then you can see people like i mean jg jones is a great example of somebody whose covers are this museum quality like oil paintings and then he'll do interiors like if you look at wanted and it looks like a very unique version of a classic comic book same guy doing two vastly different things yeah and also alex ross was also uh doing his thing in a pre like superhero movie era, right? So mm -hmm. at that point, you had the Christopher Reeves, you had uh, Michael Keaton, Batman, and maybe a few other things, but you didn't really have that attempt to see what this character would look like in real life. I'd say he's almost like, like, like maybe his biggest pr progeny is is Boss Logic, because when Boss Logic mm -hmm. started uh really popping off, he was visualizing things that fans would want to see, but didn't exist. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, even influencing the culture, like with uh, Ahsoka. Right. So in, in a way, I think the way that people enjoy boss logic now is probably closer to what Alex Ross meant to people when he was doing his thing. Yeah. It was definitely something that changed the world. It's, yeah. it's sort so of I'm one talking of those... shit about Alex Ross. Jay. No, but I do, I do I'm feel kidding. like yeah. whenever people claim that as like, yeah, they're yeah. like, Oh, this is, this is my yeah. favorite artist. It's oh, like, I get it. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it almost seems too easy it's like saying jim lee is your favorite artist who gives a like, it's who like cares I, what people like i i, no, I get that i i get yeah. that i understand that but there are risk takers what are you what are you trying to what do you want people to like you want people no, to dig no, no, deeper I don't, I don't want people to like anything specific no no no. Like, in other I, words i get what you're saying like it's it's i i think i get what you're saying i also think that I'm just busting your balls just no, for the record. You're allowed. But, no, that's that's good. Yes. But I all and I also think another service that those artists provide is that they can be gateway drugs. In other words, if you show um someone who's not familiar with the pantheon of artists, you know, Sam Keith. It might be a little intimidating. Good luck, bro. Yeah. Good luck. I would even say if you showed somebody Frank Miller, Sin City. Like too early, they're not gonna be into it, dude. And I know that's crazy to say, but like Frank Miller's Sin City. I mean, now even post movie, it might be different. But when when I remember being a kid and I loved, I loved Mike Mignola, Frank Miller, Sam Keith, uh, 
I mean, Mobius, obviously, stuff like that. But that was not everybody's cup of tea. I remember buying all my Hellboy comics in the fucking 25 cent bin, bro. Mm -hmm. The 25 cent bin. Nobody wanted that. You know, it, yeah. when I was a kid, I was much more into the the mainstream, like the main guy, like Same. Lee and your Same. Rob Liefeld. I was Fuck like, yeah. this the energy, ass. bro, the energy and, they had. And then like Rob Liefeld had Mike Mignola do a fill in X-Force issue. And I was like, what the like it was I, weird back then. It wasn't, wasn't like I didn't yeah. like it. I, yes. I was like, this is different. And I think as I've grown and, and gone through, I think there are certain safe character uh, artists out there and yeah. it's not to say that they're not incredible there's a reason these people are are really wealthy and really yeah, yeah. really yeah. you know popular and up there yeah. but like there is something about it and and yeah maybe i'm being a bit of an ass no, by, yeah, or I'm an elitist by balls. being like mm, come on no. <laughs> but i was where i'm like i was like when somebody says that i'm like that seems a little uninspired and no look i i totally get it and i and i and i understand what you're saying i think what what that that energy is almost like the uh, and and honestly, you know, you and I were both teachers. We have that in common, we right? Sure were. It was like when you had a kid, and when you would teach year after year, you would notice behavior and uh, patterns and loops. At least I would. And so I knew when X kid was excited about, like, when I was teaching art. Oh, I just understood how to draw a sphere for the first time, and it looks three D. Whoa, this is all. This is the coolest. I kind of want to tell him. Don't get too excited. Let's get let's move on and don't get hung up here. But I have to always remember that's that moment for that kid. And they're excited about that now. And that excitement potentially can get them further and deeper. So the same thing with like your Jim Lee's or I mean, Todd McFarlane was a uh, was for me like everything, you know, and uh, and because I fell in love with Todd McFarlane, I discovered Frank Miller because he was always reverent to, you know, and because I fell in love with Mike Mignola. I already knew Jack Kirby, but I didn't, I wasn't like obsessed with it, but because of Are Mignola, Kirby, I became yeah. a, like now I would put Jack Kirby over Mignola, which is crazy to say, potentially, maybe I'd go back and forth on that, but you know what I mean? I consider Jack Kirby to be the trailblazing yeah, he's an architect. building block. Yeah. And this is, I consider him to be obviously incredibly prolific yeah. and one of the best creators in comics. Yeah is I feel like I commit a, a cardinal sin when I'm like, I don't think he's the best. I think he's he's the first guy to run the four-minute mile. You know, he's Roger Bannister. Like, he's I, yeah. the guy that did it and set the groundwork for everybody else. Yeah, he was probably the best designer that will ever yeah. live. It, it's it's sort of like... Think about that. Like, who makes a better fantastic, better-looking Fantastic Four, Jack Kirby or Art Adams? I would mm. say Art Adams is probably better, but Art but Adams. do we get Art Adams without Jack characters? Kirby. Yeah, exactly. You know, Art Adams is golden god. That's, that's the thing opinion, too. He's, he's he's in my opinion the my he's my favorite comic artist and who I can. Yeah, it's hard to argue against that. Yeah. He's literally the man. I mean, his. I mean, the, he was doing a run on Ultraman recently, and I was just like, well, why am I trying? It's like whenever he you see something done by Art Adams, I'm like, well, there's the best version of it. Now let's try to do something else. He's upset. You know? <laughs> it's he's the person where where people like you know whenever we get into these conversations like who's your favorite? It's like Art Adams and like ah yeah okay, like that makes yeah. Sense. I would yeah. say that somebody could go back at you with that pick with the same energy. Like that's easy. That's too safe. He's evolved a lot. Yeah. Although he I, although too. he plateaued. No, I would say I don't know if he's necessarily evolved, but he did plateau. But he would consider he plateaued at a certain level. I would say once he hit Monkey Man and O'Brien um in in the mid 90s and he created that and he really formulated texture and everything like that that became 
this really good plot. But then yeah. he did like an ultimate X-Men run that was very it was very different in the way he did his designs. Yeah. And if you're not a comics fan, I'm so sorry that this is the <sighs> thing we're geeking Here's out about. Shit. But like go look it up. It's fun. Art Adams, like I look, he does like Star Wars cover recreations and stuff. Like yeah. he'll do these things where I'm just like sitting there just being like it's infuriating that somebody is that good. Yeah, and he also and this and this is one of the highest pieces of praise I could give him is usually guys who can draw badass monsters and tough stuff don't nail drawing women. And you usually get the guys who draw women beautifully and they're not too great at drawing tough stuff. Yeah. It's it's rare that you get both. And I think Art Adams is at the top of both of those categories. He's he's pretty fantastic. I He has I remember... that Godzilla, do you know that? He has uh -huh. that figure behind you. He has your Godzilla. Yeah, I sent him one. I, uh, I sent him yours. Oh, Won't you do that? <laughs> you know, it's funny too. Like I, I, because I'm, I'm, I am, I have become friends with him and and his his fantastic wife, who's an incredibly talented artist in her own right. Um, who's worked for Marvel and Red Sonja and uh, Joyce Chin. And I asked Joyce to do the show one time, uh, and she was like, "Oh, hold on, let me check Arthur's availability." And she thought that I wanted them both, and I was mm. like, "No, I, I want you on the show." I'll get to him, <laughs> but I want you on the show because yeah. you yourself are, are very interesting. And, and yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, like I, you know, art is, it's obviously it's subjective. It's so different. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's always it's... change. People that I did not like when I was younger are now my favorite artists. Oh, 100%. And the same thing with like music and, and everything else, films, like things hit you in a certain way. Like and when I was a kid, there was nothing better in my mind than corn and limp biscuit. Period. Don't even talk did to you me watch about the, it. Did you watch the Woodstock talk? No, I'm going to watch it. I'm Woodstock. a little bummed out about watching it because I remember like being so disappointed with everybody back then. Yeah. But yeah, I got to watch it. But, okay. you know. So it, I'm, I'm not going to spoil yeah. anything for you about well, that. Well, I watched it on pay-per-view, but I can't right. wait to see the behind the scenes. So I was... <laughs> I was watching it and there's like a whole part where they're just like, and the entire place wasn't ready for the destructive power of corn. Yeah. And I was just like, 1999 was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and like nowadays, like I try to sometimes put it on and see if I can like get the vibe that I had back then. And I can't, I just can't get it. And so different. I, yeah. And it's nostalgic in a way and I can appreciate it in that regard. Um, Our but, knees are too tired. To be able to be like, <laughs> no, I like heavy music too. It's just that now it's just a weird thing, man. I just don't, I like to, what I like doing is I like sitting back and observing my own patterns and then uh, projecting them or, or not projecting them, let's say, um, wondering about other people's patterns. And then because I know that I can be fickle. I always try with my own work and my own designs to say, am I creating an iconic version of this that would last for somebody? Or am I creating a transient version of this that will be awesome for a couple of years? And then, well, you know, we want to recycle that out for something else. And so it's, it's unusual perhaps, but I think every time I make something, I'm wondering if I'm making the, like the potentially the only version of that thing you have to own as a fan, you know, and and uh, that's what I get from that kind of stuff. Like, did Isn't we that... create something iconic? And that's what that's the whole point with with Takoro, my own monster that we're uh, releasing was if I could only um, work on one thing. Like, let's say somebody denied me rights to do anything else ever again. Right. Can't work on Godzilla. Can't work on Marvel stuff. 
can work on well i haven't been invited to work on star wars stuff yet i'm just letting you know if you know anybody although i do have your bootleg uh darth vader there it's it's a wonderful unlicensed piece it's very popular and i will have you know that uh, more than one lucasfilm employee has it hanging in their wall so i have it in a case too there you go i got to protect it it's right it's right over there and yeah yeah (laughs) so you know but the idea was create if i if i can't one day do that can i create something or try to create something that could be that for somebody else you know and it's it's a vehicle like a giant monster got my godzilla you know and rancor monster box checked um it's a little bit of sci-fi it's an alien from another planet so we could potentially see that planet got my et box checked which i'm a big et fan you know um he's not a bad guy when they just re-released it no, I haven't seen it. No, I didn't get to go see it in the theater when they released it, but I'm, I am just a, a huge fan. And so, and then it's a friendly monster, right? It's not like a villainous thing. It's, it's a good guy. He fights the bad guy, but he's a good guy. Got my King Kong box checked. And so, like, that's how I'm thinking about all of this right now. So you're using those influences. I, I like that a lot. Peter, I don't know if you, uh, you're, I know you're a huge fan of the show. So you know that uh, somewhere around the middle of the show, we actually talk about, we we discuss, and I say the names of the people that have signed up at the patreon.com slash Jeff May producer tier. Uh, we thank the people that give me a little bit of extra money. It's a surprisingly affordable uh, thing for now. And uh, and we are going to, uh, I'm going to read off some names, Peter. We can talk about them. We can discuss these names if we want. If we want to move forward with them, that's fine. Go for um, it. We can go. We can do whatever we want. So I'm going to say a big shout out. Thank you to producers Norm from Cheers. Oh, yeah, it's a real guy. Uh, Dan Hackroyd. As long as we're bringing <laughs> back Pepsi Blue, let's bring back the Bigfoot from Pizza Hut. What's your favorite garbage? Oh. Uh, what's your favorite garbage pizza? I was just talking about this. I'm going to put Domino's over Pizza Hut. But I'm, I I would like to revisit Papa John soon. Is it safe? Is it canceled if I, I don't do that? Know. He seems I, like a. It seems like. I mean, it's mostly Shaq now, right? Oh, is it? I I'm willing to separate the artist from the art. Yeah. Papa John's is one of those things that it, it's sort of like the garlic butter. Yeah, it's yeah. Sort of and like also, In and Out didn't have animal style. You'd be like, this is not working. Yes, and 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 also, if you're gonna get a ass pizza, don't sleep on Little Caesars, dude. It's hot and it's ready. Yeah, it's on ready, baby. Uh, I, Jeff May, believe that there's no better streaming service than Tubi to watch Armand Asante movies. I feel like that's just the only <laughs> place you can see Armand Asante movies. Uh, shout out to Itty Bitty Millie Committee, Pity the Fool. Shout out to Kelly Says, get your booster, you gaslighting dip turds. The guy who played JJ in Barry Gordon's The Last Dragon, Lisa Harden, who I just went to uh, Star Trek Vegas with. We had a great time for her birthday. Happy birthday, Lisa. Shout out to Jessica Robertson, Silius Ruby, The Digital Phil, The Ghost of Dave Thomas, The Great Radvertising Scam, A Jeff May Joint, It's Still Coming, Leave Me Alone. Uh, uh, Shout out to You Get the Aldo Vargas Rookie Card, everybody. (laughs) Shout out to Bauhaus. Bauhaus. Is that that, uh, Bon 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 Mita Autobahn? I'm guessing. Shout out to Boyd PFPDJF. Uh, shout out to Koi Fam Art and Mentoring. Do you know Koi? I do know that name. Yeah, he's a he's a hell of an artist. Uh, yeah, he's out of the Philly area. So he's tight with Tom Whalen and all them. He's been on the show and also he's a yeah. Sounds super familiar. I probably shout, follow him. Shout out to Nolan Void, Ricky Cilantro. Shout out to Big Booty Boy for twenty sixty nine. Maine, more than Stephen King. You ever been to Maine? I've not. 
that whole part of the country I've not fit I've not been to either of the top two corners. I've not been to Washington State or Maine. You've been, been to New Canada, England, like Massachusetts or anything? I know. At first north I've been is New York upstate. I've been Virginia a whole lot. I don't even think I've been to Pennsylvania. Should come on up and party in the Northeast. I'll fly out there. We'll hang. Let's go. Let's go to around. Tom's house. Everybody go to Tom's house. We're gonna go to Tom's house. I'm not gonna don't even tell him we're coming. I know what yeah, right? We'll just show up, walk Open up, motherfucker. Your friends are here. Bunch of Amish people looking at us. <laughs> um, uh, jumping rope still a sport. Jeff not liking it still a fact. You're gonna hear a lot of jokes about me not liking sports. That's a long <laughs> story. Shout out to Bodacious Big Bag Bouncing Bollock Bonanza. Shout out to Jennifer Fendelander at AV Foundry. Patrick Dore or Dore. I'm sorry. I know he's messaged me to tell me the proper one. I'm just done. Shout out to Bart Fartigan. Shout out to oh, this was really sweet. Somebody put Rones the best cat. That was my cat that we unfortunately uh, just had to put down. Uh, technically not my cat, but also my cat. Uh, shout out to Huey. Nerd numbers. The return of Magnolia Thunder. <laughs> shout out to Rudy. Daft Punk has an anime Rueda. Uh, Jeff hates competitive fun. Goji. Gregorio. Odessa Molotov says topple the patriarchy. Get today. Shout out to Gerard Ruane. Shout out to Farty Marty's nerd party. Eat, and die, Grand Canyon. You ever been to the Grand Canyon? I did. I liked it, actually. Did you? It seems boring to me. No, I liked it. The, the thing with the Grand Canyon is, like, there's things to do besides just walk alongside it. You know what I mean? Like what? Leave? No, go down into nature. What are you, not? What are you, anti-nature? Kind of. Well, that's a problem, right? I there. grew up on a farm, man. Nature is work. Yeah, well, there's other natures. Come to a beach. Oh, yeah, the beach at Grand Canyon? Well, you have there is running water down there. I yeah. like it. I like I I just like elevation because I'm from Miami and that's an exotic feature for us. I mean, I was impressed in Arizona and people talk shit about Arizona all the time. Hey man, I don't wonder why. Uh shout out to show me in the rules where it says a dog can't play basketball. Gray man of the nightmare potluck. Everyone is welcome at the table. Jeff using deep blue sea memes to break bad news. Shout out to Tyler Wilgus, Asking Seven, Zex Marquise, Vortispin, Jocular Haggard, Cantankerous Fool. I don't care for pie. Oh, good. It feels so good to finally get that off my chest. Are you a pie guy? <laughs> Love Cakes pie. or pies? What do you pick? Cakes or pies? Pick one. I mean. You can't, can you? I'll tell you this. I'd rather have if I the average like if you're just going to a store like I'll just do it by this. I'm not gonna choose gourmet versus gourmet like ready of readily available versus readily available, right? So like Marie so calendar like, in the in the your grocer's freezer. Yeah, or like uh, you know like a key lime pie, like a lemon meringue pie. I'll take that over a f Carvel over an ice cream the cake? whale ice cream cake. I, even a different kind of cake. It's fine. I, a lot of people like it. It's it's Arrested Development if you're eating that. You know what I mean? Get a f pie like a man, a piece of apple pie with a slice of cheese on top, like a noir detective. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I tried that one time. And let me tell you, I was like, who the f I like it. I like who pie. made this decision. I'm but I'm I'm picky towards the crumble top. I, I you know, like the flat top, the strips don't do like it for me. Dutch apple you know, pie. Have a Dutch apple, have a peak, have a have a pecan or pecan, however you say it. But a, but a but a strong key lime or a lemon meringue with a real toasted top. Get the f out of here. You can't beat that. Sh All right. Uh, Jeff may convince me to quit Twitter and you should quit, too, because it's awful. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Gotham City OSHA. Shout out to Nicholas. Simply having a wonderful man bun time. 
Fabian. Uh, shout out to Jen. Be earnest and enjoy what you love. That's such a nice thing for her to put in there. She like wanted me to just like rally everybody up. I like that a lot. <laughs> shout out to the local man at Gavin underscore not with two T's. Shout out to Ass of Bass. Adam <laughs> Warlock. He wants your soul. Verbose minimalist. World's humblest man. At the pajamari on Instagram for pictures of my feet. It's of strength. Shout out to Kale's only true purposes as the garnish in a 1996 Pizza Hut buffet. A lot of Pizza Hut in this one. I would the say Pizza that- Hut buffet was terrorized in Miami when I was a kid. Nothing and uh, one, there. one of the employees on his last date shit in the meat sauce. That's so funny. Yes. F- I remember that was like the biggest story in the 90s when I was a kid and we never went back. No. I wonder why you would do that. Why would you go back? Um, shout out to Christy Salinas. Parker Ellsworth is not that tall. He's got fake legs. Three Jacob Trenches in a tre- three Jacob Tremblies in a trench coat sneaking into an R-rated movie. Cronenberger Meister Meisterberger. It was me, Jeff. I've been giving you ten dollars a month since the beginning, so you could afford more gas station pop tarts, keeping you <laughs> sluggish, just slow enough for me to steal Christmas. What's the best gas station snack you can have? Gas station I, I try to. Th- yeah, that's I'd, my, I'd go that's for my go-to: really? pizzeria pretzel combos and gas station pop tarts. Cherry, got them. Brown sugar on cinnamon. If, if if there's no cherry, fair enough. What about I'm, you? I'm, I'm 100 percent with you on the combos for a salty snack. You can't go better than that. But uh, I like the snowballs. You're a snowball guy. Yeah, anything marshmallow for me is my favorite sweet treat. That is a. Uh, are you a circus peanuts guy then? Um, they're not my. They're not top of my list. You know, I'm not going to throw them out, but I'm not going to like eat them first. I'll tell you that much. I like a Heath, a toffee or Heath. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of marshmallow treats, to be honest with you. Like you can. You know what I mean? And and I don't really think peeps are a great representation of marshmallow treats either. Give her a fluffernutter. Fluffernutter. I love I mean, marshmallow fluff is phenomenal. Uh, there when I was a kid, they had these individually wrapped s'mores that you would put in the microwave. You remember those? Oh, remember though yeah and uh anything with marshmallow man there, in fact the s'mores pop tart is my favorite pop tart that's a damn good pop tart too yeah, strong i'm not gonna lie that yeah. was the first time they did a different kind of crust mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. pop tart there's a graham cracker that, like crust. congealed shortening right uh you know what i'm talking about yes yeah i um uh, marshmallow yeah like see it's funny too because marshmallow is one of those div- it's like the mayonnaise of sweets where it either people love it or they really hate it I mean, um, nobody's perfect, but they're wrong because it's get f- it. phenomenal. Dude, you know what one of my favorite candy bars is? Mounds. Oh, yeah. Dark I chocolate love and coconut. Oh, I, I love, love it. it. People are like, that's gross and disgusting. And no, they're it. wrong. If I buy a, a Mounds at a grocery store, there is always dust on it. And, I'll, and I'm going to bring something up since you brought that up. Did you ever stop at a Dunkin' Donuts? You, do you do a Dunkin' Donuts trip once in a while? Are you a guy for donuts? Dude, I, gr- I grew up. In okay, Massachusetts. Do you did you since you're a coconut guy? Did you ever get the toasted coconut donut? I never did. Are are you aware of it? Yes. Okay. Can you picture it in your head right now? Yes. What does it look like? Um, it is a uh, brownish donut with a yellowish coconut that is toasted on it. Thank you. Right now, there's a conspiracy that has happened right before our eyes, and they just pull the wool out from under us. If you go to Dunkin' Donuts right now and don't go online and look it up. Just go and ask for it. Toasted coconut donut. What they've done is a regular ass cake donut with some kind of little uh, glaze on it and some regular ass non-toasted coconut shavings on top of it, bro. 
what so is the, that? the version that's what it used to look like see here but here's the thing i remember it that way but i also mm. know that that's called a butternut donut not down here Miami. and i don't know what that means no it's <laughs> not a butter that's not that's i know that, that at dunkin donuts it was that was called a, a butternut donut really never done yeah, here because it's my mom's favorite donut well uh, which she's, is the only reason i know the name check you, you should talk to her and see if she knows what's going on you know what my dunkin donut choice is for donuts what's that the double chocolate a that's chocolate the chocolate cake. with chocolate on top it's a chocolate cake donut with chocolate on top that's too much not for me no it's not too me. much that's that's like you need to learn some discipline. What you need to get is like a, a I'll I'll give you a chocolate. Not frosted. at a donut store. Not at a. You do not need discipline at a donut. It's just shop. that you're like overloading yourself. You can't even enjoy what you're eating at that point. But I sure do. No, you don't. You don't. I'm gonna go with you next time, and we're gonna go one by one. Figure this out. <laughs> go. We're gonna go shot for shot and donut. Yes, we're gonna do an A to B every time. Like here's your A. It's your chocolate overload, and then here is something with nuance. And you know what a lot I like too complexity the apple filled donut i love it i like that too i like a filled donut i'm not i'm not mad about it i also yeah. like when Krispy cream has the ones that um it's not a boston cream donut but it's the one that's filled with frosting yeah i'll eat that yeah you know what's a surprisingly phenomenal donut like i'm not talking about your like uh you know these 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 uh gourmet donut places that are incredible i'm not including yeah. any of those places okay if you go to universal studios at the Simpsons Island of uh, or the Simpsons Land. Oh yeah, you get the the big the big donut. Dude, it's phenomenal. They do dude. a good job, but it's the worst idea to eat that because if you go on the Simpsons ride after eating one of those donuts, you will vomit. Yeah, they're so good. I was just yeah. there. I was yeah. just at uh, Universal. It's phenomenal. I took my, I took Val. We took my niece and nephew. We wore yeah. matching trans rights shirts. How did that go over? Um, oh, you're in California. Photos. It's not Florida. Yeah, we're in Cal. I want to wear them in California. I'm Florida. Come over to Florida. Try it out. See what happens. The only problem with that was be would be that I would have to go to Florida. Yeah, and and I'm in Miami, so it's technically not Florida, but it is interesting when when uh when you have opinions down here. That's for sure. I would also like to say shout out to Aaron Meyer and El Seldo. Uh, El Seldo would like to thank you, Jeff, for introducing us to your cool friends. You're welcome. And uh, in Soviet Russia, we have cool Jeffs. <laughs> and uh, again, if you're listening on the Patreon, thank you so much. And I appreciate you and, and everything that you stand for. You're a good person. Uh, if you are not, and you're listening to for free. Thank you. I appreciate that you are giving me your eyes and ears, uh, mostly your ears and your attention. But also, you know, you can give me a little bit of money and you can uh, do this. It's a really, really great opportunity. Patreon.com slash Jeff May uh, for that and so much more. Um, now, that being said, Taco uh, Takaro. Yeah. This character that you've created, you yes. are now getting it printed in the 3D. Is that correct? Yeah. So the same team that uh, pr that uh, created the Godzilla figure for Mondo, uh, Hector and Mike uh, over there, the, and uh, sculptor Tufan Caesar, they produced a, a Takaro figure that I designed, and it's insane. It's it it's bigger than the Godzilla figure. It's got 10 points of articu articulation. It's got a clear removable dome. Um, it's insane. It's, it's like, it's, I could, if I could, if my hands fell off tomorrow, I'd feel happy knowing I achieved what I wanted to achieve, which was to design my own, uh, character and see him as a toy, as a figure. And, uh, that figure is going to be exclusively available through a Kickstarter that we're launching Thursday, September 8th. I think that's the right day, so right? That is two days upon release of, of this show. Yes. So Thursday um, at theattackpeter.com, we are kickstarting the Takaro figure as well as the first ever uh, telling of his story uh, as a book 
it's like a narrative art book, right? So it'll have all my artwork in it with the story next to it. And it's called Takoro, the last Dorok. The Dorok is a species of Takoro, this giant uh, cephalopodic anthropomorphic uh, monster, so to speak. And uh, it tells a story of uh, Takoro as this kind of like rogue uh, alien that's been kicked off his planet for or shuttled off his planet uh, for reasons you'll find out and uh, being raised by a broken family uh, here on Earth. In fact, in Miami, Florida, where I'm from. So it's perfect. Uh, perfect. Who's the writer? Are you the writer? I've, I've written the. I guess the large beats and then uh, yeah, Jared Rosello is my, actually my lifelong best friend from first grade. Who's another artist and writer. He works with on top, uh, a, a book called red Panda and moon bear for top shelf. Oh, they cool. just released the second uh, volume. And um, he's, he's got some projects in the work that I can't talk about that are insane. I can't believe it. He's doing the thing. He's living the dream. And he is actually writing it out. So him and I get together. I told him what I really want to have happen in this book is this, this, we get here and this happens. And then so-and-so shows up and this is what they're all about. And blank, 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 blank. So then he starts typing up the actual uh, text. It's almost like the reverse Stanley and Jack Kirby thing, yeah. you know, the yeah. reverse Marvel method. So then Jared writes method, it. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jared, Jared writes it. it. It sounds so good. He fills in things that I hadn't thought about. He created some things as well that are really interesting and inside exciting. And it's a real collaboration between the two of us. And it's exactly what he and I used to do in after school care in elementary school. We would write stories together like, you know, in fact, one of the, the one that cool we always this? talk about was a killer pop tart monster that he would write about. So I like that. yeah, 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 yeah. And so, so yeah. Real quick, though, I, I yeah. do want to say so everybody um, set those uh, set those alarms and those calendar dates uh, for Thursday, the 8th. If you're yes. listening to this the day of release, it's in two days. Yeah. If you are uh, if you are listening to this after the fact, chances are you still running. Yeah, th I think we're going to do a solid three weeks and change. Perfect. And you yeah. can check out the attack That's T-H-E-A-T-T-A-C-K-P-E-T-E-R.com. Yeah, and if that. you're listening on Tuesday, you can uh, head that URL and put your email in, and it'll notify you the second we go live on Thursday. I'm going to do it. Do it right now. I'm going to do it. Well, I mean, can't right now. You you also did a print. It's one of your your pinned uh, Instagram things is the 3D version of the Takaro. And then another one is yeah. Godzilla. Yes. And Takaro. Uh, you saw the print. Really, that must have been a really cool print. Yes. I want to talk to you about that uh, when we do the bonus stuff. Cause we got some bonus content a little bit, but we, I think we have, we're about to sign off. Okay. Um. So uh, what should we be on the lookout for other than the Kickstarter that starts on Thursday, the eighth at the attack What else should we be looking for? Well, um, I mean, you can follow me online anywhere at attack Peter uh, Facebook. I'm sorry, uh, Instagram and Twitter and attack Peter art on Facebook. Um, but the, the thing is, we I have some things planned that I can't even talk about just yet, but we are going to go super, super hard on this Kickstarter. Um, if you've seen my work, if you're a fan of my work, then you probably know uh, how much we're putting into those tiers. They're insane. Um, but it's all about Takoro right now. Takoro, the last Dorok. Um, you know, and if you know me, you know I'm a fighter, man. Like, so we're coming up and we're going to take over this place with Takoro. Dude, I'm going to I'm going to give I'm going to I'm going to donate to the Kickstarter. Let's do it. I think I'll you know that. Cool yeah, I'm going to get some cool. Shits. I'm going to do that. I, I'm going to check that out. I'm going to go on Thursday. I'm going to go to the attack .com, um to get that taken care of. Very excited about it, actually. Um, yeah, don't like, go to don't go to Takaro.com, whatever you do. No. It is not safe for work or anywhere. 
don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> now they're going to do that. It's, I yeah, know. I just I just got I did um I just donated to uh, Wizard of Barge. Oh, he did a he did a game. Love him for I, I love his. I met him at yeah. the designer con. Same. And uh, and I just saw the shirts and I was like, man, I love this, but I don't think I'm cool enough to wear it. He, he's one of those artists that we we're talking about earlier where it's like you just see the style. You're like, what is this? I don't know. Got to have some of it. But he nailed that. Shit. He was actually the first approved um, wardrobe for the Netflix game show was mm. uh, a Wizard of Bard shirt. And then Netflix kind of chickened out a little bit. Uh, but he had signed off on it and everything. That's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was really great. Um, for those of you that are listening for free, this is where we we step off. Uh, if you want to listen uh, to more, you can head to patreon.com slash Jeff May, Jeff May, excuse me, J-E-F-F-M-A-Y, for early access to uncensored episodes, uh, as well as so much more. Uh, if uh, you want to hear me on other stuff, you can check out Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network, as well as Unpopular Opinion and Jeff Has Cool Friends, both on the Unpops Network. If you want to see me live, you can check out Mint on Card the second Friday of every month at Blast from the Past on Magnolia in beautiful Burbank, California. Um, that being said, Pete, say goodbye to the, say goodbye to the freebies. Goodbye, you freeloading freaks. Hey, you. you no, I'm kidding. You I love freaks. you guys. No, we love you. Thank <laughs> you so much. Uh, and for those of you that are patrons, stick around. We're going to talk a little bit more. Hey, everyone. Our Artwork is created by Justin T. Brown, who can be found at Artness by Justin Brown on Instagram, as well as artnessbyjustinbrown.com. That dope music you heard is by Troy Nababon, available at Troy Nababon on Instagram, as well as at troynababon.com. Nababon is spelled N-A-B-A-B-A-N, and boy, does that shred. Thank you all so much for listening. See you next time.